It's The Principle with Pastor Mac, where we learn the heart of God through the mind of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am your host, Pastor Mac. Join me as we dive into the passages of Scripture and find out how principles from God's Word give us the power to overcome the problems of life. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, So good to be back with you for another week of It's the Principle with Pastor Mac. And uh, okay, so I'm going to go back to Genesis. I know you're really shocked by that. Uh, I don't, it it may be a while before I leave Genesis. I'm just telling you, there's too much good stuff here. Um, So I want to jump right into this because I'm I'm pretty excited about this one. Something I've never seen before, never thought about before, or maybe just wasn't smart enough to see before. I'm not real sure. Uh, But uh, I want to go back to the character of Abraham. Um, uh, Just what a tremendous story this guy is, right? So I, w- I want to look at something that I've, that I've not seen before. Uh, again, a connection that I've not made. And, and um, so I want to read to you one passage of scripture or one verse. And I'm going to talk about what leads up to it. And then I'm going to talk about what comes after it. Um, but it may be the most famous verse when it, when it comes to Abraham. And uh, uh, it's in Genesis chapter 15. Um, it's verse 6. In fact, let me go back to verse 5. This is when the Lord, well, I'll explain it in a second. It says, then he brought him outside. This is he, the Lord. Then he, the Lord, brought him outside and said, look down toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, he being Abraham, he believed in the Lord, and he being the Lord accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, again, I read in the New King James, so it may be a little different than than the King James or whatever you're reading. Um, but this verse, uh, Genesis, I mean, yeah, Genesis 15, 6, is the verse that's the foundation for Paul's argument about the gospel being for the Gentiles because uh, he asked the question in Romans, when did Abraham believe, in fact, when he was Abram, um, and this is before he was circumcised. So he talks about the circumcision, which was part of the Jewish culture, really doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, but that's a that's a topic for another discussion. Um, but I want to go back and look at this because it is vital to our faith as as uh, followers of Christ. He believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, this is Genesis chapter 15, and I want to give you something to think about. Uh, it says he believed in the Lord. But now if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, this is verse one, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing, so forth and so on. Verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Didn't he believe the Lord then? Why else would he leave? Right? I mean, I I don't want to split hairs here and be trite about this. I mean, that's not my goal right here. But, um, I mean, it begs a question, doesn't it? 
And he got up, left his home, left his father's house um, to a country that he didn't know where he was going, didn't know what <laughs> what it was going to be like, didn't know what he would face. Uh, didn't he believe the Lord then? Um, I mean, it's just kind of a thought. So, let, so let's see if we can kind of figure this out, right? Let's kind of flesh this out. Let's talk this out. Uh, and let's see if we can see, because I, I, there's a, there's something here that, again, I haven't noticed before that I think is the key to all this or gives us some insight. So now the Lord said to Abram, this is Genesis chapter 12, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, if you read that in the original language, if you read the, if you read the, um, the the tense or the 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 uh, the verbs and all that, and you read it kind of it, the kind of the 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 thought behind this is get to a land that I will show you. The idea being that the Lord would lead the way. It would be kind of like. Um, here, let me take you to my office. Follow me. Kind of is what the Lord's saying. I'm going to take you to a land. Follow me. This is the land I'm going to show you. So the Lord is leading the way. Uh, and, and so Abram gets up, departs with the idea of following the Lord. The Lord leading the way. And, uh, and, and then you go to Genesis chapter 15. Uh, nope, back up. Let me go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. Uh, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So now we've gotten from the Lord leading the way to the, to the land I will show you. Then you get to Genesis chapter 13, and he tells Abram, lift up your eyes, look around. This is it. This is the land I was going to show you. I'm showing you the land. Now, go check it out. I mean, that's pretty much what he said. Verse 17, arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So now we've got the Lord says, I'm going to lead the way because I'm going to show you. Then in chapter 13, he shows him, right? Now, let's go a little further. Genesis chapter 15, uh, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Uh, the Lord answers, I mean, Abraham answers, or Abram at the time, uh, Lord, I don't have an heir. I won't talk about that this time. Um, and then verse 5. Then he brought him aside, outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Verse 6, the crucial verse. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Okay, I've got one more passage I want to get to, but I, let me stop here for just a minute. 
So if you look at those three passages, three times that the Lord talked to Abraham right there, or Abram at the time, excuse me, you see a progression of a relationship between Abram and the Lord. You see in verse in chapter 12, you see the Lord leading the way. Come to a land that I will show you. Again, my analogy, come to my office, follow me. Come to the land, follow me. In verse 13, or chapter 13, excuse me, he says, all right, now look up and see the land. Now he, again, there's so much here, Lord of mercy. Um, he doesn't tell Abraham that until after he separates from Lot. Um, again, that's another lesson, another time. But he 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 says, okay. Now lift up your eyes and look. The, the kind of the thought here that is that you see is that Abram is not looking around before this. Abram is just simply looking at the Lord. It's kind of the idea. So then the Lord says in chapter 13, now look around. Now look around. Look north, south, east, and west. Take a look. This is the land I was telling you about. It's yours. Go explore it. So it'd be kind of like you're on a new job, right? You've got the boss. You meet the boss. The boss says, follow me. Let me show you your office, your new office or the place where you're going to work. And he says, okay, come in, get your stuff settled and we'll talk afterwards. So you go in, you set up your pictures, right? Of your kids or your spouse, and you get your computer, you get your login, or you find your station at the at the factory and you get your spot and you find your tools and and or whatever it may be, or you're in sales and you get your login on the computer and the boss is taking you around and showing you the break room and showing you okay, you get the idea. And uh, so chapter 12, follow me, let me show you. Chapter 13, here it is. Explore it. Take a look around. See what you think. This is the land I'm going to give you. Explore it. Go all the way to the width of it and the length of it. That's what he says in chapter 13. Uh, the length and the width, I give it to you. So follow me. Here it is. Check it out. Now, after he's done that, after he's kind of walked around the land and, and chapter 14 has the battle with Cator Leomer and all the other guys and all that, uh, comes back to chapter 15. And now, now Abram is in, uh, in a position, so to speak, in his relationship with the Lord. The Lord shows up a third time and says, uh, do not be afraid. I'm your shield. You're exceedingly great reward. I I'm going to be the one that's blessing you. And I'm going to talk about blessing soon enough. But anyway, I'm going to be the one that blesses you. Just like I did in chapter 12, I told you, I'm going to be the one that blesses you. I'm going to bless you. Um, and so now Abram, uh, because he has followed the Lord, right? And now he's checked out everywhere he's been, says, okay, all right, now, it, it, this, that's all well and good. I've seen it, but um, you said you'll make my name great. You said I, all the nations would be blessed, but okay, Lord, now I need to see more because I've, how am I going to bless all the nations if I don't have anything to leave a nation to, if I don't have a child to leave the nation to? And so that's where he gets in chapter 15. And what I see in this is I see a growth in the relationship between Abram and the Lord. 
In chapter 12, you don't see Abram talking back to the Lord. Um, you see Abram building altars. In chapter 13, you don't see Abram talking back to the Lord. And I don't mean talking back in a sassy, bad way. You just don't see him talking back to him at all. You see him building altars. In chapter 14, you find after the battle that the Lord, that Abram praises the Lord, gives a tithe, right? Uh, in, in tithe, acknowledging that the Lord blessed him and protected him. Uh, but you don't find him talking to the Lord. Then in chapter 15, you find him talking to the Lord. You find a growth in the relationship. You find a growth in, in um, Abram because you don't, the Lord doesn't grow. He is who he is, right? Um, and I'm not saying that, that in a bad way, God is perfect and, and infinite and omniscient and omnipotent and, and omnipresent. And he is, you know, all knowing, all seeing, there's no growth for the Lord. He's already, you know, perfected to the nth degree, but you see a growth in the relationship because you see a growth in Abram. You see a growth in Abram to the point that in chapter 15, he can start asking the Lord for things because in Josh, in Genesis chapter 12, he built altars. And in Genesis chapter 13, he built altars. And in Genesis chapter 14, he gave the Lord credit and praise for, uh, uh, you know, blessing him and protecting him and being with him in the battle. Then in chapter 15, you find him now starting to say, okay, Lord, Lord, you know, you got to give me more. I'm, I am childless. How am I going to bless the nations when I don't even have a son that, I could hand down or to call a nation. I'm just a guy with a bunch of servants. I've got a wife and, you know, I've got a servant, this Eliezer. Um, but Lord, you're telling me I'm going to bless nations when I don't even have a nation of my own, so to speak, in, a, in a, an heir. And so the Lord takes him out and says, look at the stars. Now, earlier he told him, look at the sands of the, of the dust of the earth. And then he says, look at the stars. Now, um, again, there's, I, again, guys, I may not leave Genesis for a while. There's something there in that. And maybe I'll talk about that next time. So he, he, so there is a place. Now, listen, here's, you, this is where I want to break down this verse. And he believed in the Lord in the back and forth in the growth of the relationship, because now he's able to ask questions and say, Lord, you got to help me out here. I don't understand. Um, I, I don't see what you're trying to do. Uh, Lord, you're telling me I'm going to bless nations, but before I can bless nations, I've got to be able to have a descendant to, to bless through. And I got to bless my descendant first before I can bless the nations. And, and so the Lord says, Look at the stars of the heaven. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, the word believed is interesting. Uh, I, I did some study on this. He believed. Um, we get this idea of, of the word belief is a mental assent, right? Uh, somebody tells you, um, drink this coffee. It tastes delicious. And you believe them. You give them mental assent, so you try the coffee. Um, you know, go check out that church. The pastor is great, and you believe them, so you go try the church. It's giving mental assent uh, to something. That's not what this word means. Um, it, it could be translated being faithful. Um, it could, uh, as in faithfulness, to be faithful to. God said, this is what's going to happen. And so Abram became faithful to what the Lord said, believing 
that if God said it, he's going to do it. Um, it could also, in fact, in other places, it's, it's translated verify. It's translated to trust in. It's translated to, to carry, to put your weight upon. Um, the idea of in fact, this was a beautiful analogy in one, in one passage of scripture, the idea or the thought was, is someone carrying a child? When you're carrying a child, uh, you're carrying a baby. Their complete uh, existence relies upon you carrying them. That's the idea of this verse here. He believed in the Lord. He put himself completely into the hands of the Lord like a mother carrying a child. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, there's another interesting word, accounted. Uh, um. When, when we talk about the word accounted or, or in the New Testament is, is translated imputed, it's a financial term. It's like the term of something being accounted to your bank, bank deposit or your, your bank account. Um, it's been imputed. It's been added to your bank account. That's not what this word here, accounted, means. Um, it's, an, it's a beautiful word that literally means to weave together or to weave into like a fabric. Here is the thought behind this verse. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm your exceeding great reward. Abram says, Lord, how, how is that going to happen? Not in a, not in a sarcastic, sassy back talk kind of way, but Abram talks back to him in saying, Lord, you got to show me more. You got to give me more. You got to give me more. And so the Lord says, look at the stars, look up to the stars. I'm going to give you more just as the stars. That's going to be your descendants. And so Abraham put himself fully into that statement. Literally his life, like his life depended on it. His existence depended on it like a child being carried by a mother or a parent. And the Lord, because Abram put his whole existence into that, into that statement in faith in, in, in faithfulness to the Lord for that statement, that the Lord began to weave into Abram a righteousness, begin to weave and begin to totally change his character, begin to totally change his nature, begin to totally change the way he thinks. Now, it wasn't automatic, um, but like this, you, when you weave something, when you crochet something, when you knit something, you don't sit down to knit a sweater and 10 seconds later you have the sweater. It's a process by which fabric and yarn and, and, and string come together and you're weaving them in an intricate pattern so that Every, uh, if you're doing a brown sweater or you're doing a, a, a black sweater or whatever it may be, the sweater is black because every fabric, every fiber of that sweater is black. It's black as a whole because every intricate part of it is black. If it's a brown sweater, the whole sweater is brown because the intricate parts are brown. It has brown yarn. The yarn has brown fibers in it. And the, you know, and, and so each intricate part of it is brown to make it a brown sweater. This is the idea right here is that God is going to make or produce or to create or to weave together in Abram 
a man of righteousness, a man of right standing or a man in right standing with the Lord because Abram believed and trusted in the Lord and a, and the Lord is going to weave into his very nature, like weaving together, knitting together a sweater, righteousness within him and change him and mature him and grow him and, and regene or regenerate him, excuse me, and begin to make him a different man or a different character. In fact, so much so, that if you go to if you go to Genesis chapter 17 in fact wait before i get there just to show you that it's it's an eventual process it's a progressive work this idea of this weaving of righteousness when you go to Genesis chapter 16 the very next chapter after god said this that he he accounted it to him as righteousness he's beginning to weave into his character righteousness chapter 16 is hagar and ishmael not one of abram's shining moments right created ishmael which became the founder and the father of a competing religion, which is still going on today. They're at war with each other, the Jews and the, and the, and the Muslims and, and all of that. But um, so again, not, not Abram's shining moment right there in Genesis chapter 16. But then you go to Genesis chapter 17 and you find something beautiful. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Now that's the new King James. In the King James, it says, walk before me and be perfect. Now, two things I want to say about this. One, in Genesis chapter 12, uh, the Lord says, I'm going to lead the way. You follow me. In Genesis chapter 17, he says, I'm almighty God, you walk before me. So you see a difference in the relationship. In Genesis 12, God says, I'm going to lead the way. In Genesis chapter 17, he says, you go ahead, I'm right there with you. In fact, you get the idea of the Lord leading in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, when he says, I'm your shield. Uh, I'm the one that's going before you. But in Genesis chapter 17, he says, walk before me. And the idea is that not that Abram is leading the way, but the idea that is that Abram is fleshing out and living out what God has put into him so that he knows that God is behind him every step of the way, walk before me and be perfect or be blameless. And the thought is that this, this blameless state or this perfected mature state the idea of the word blameless or perfect in this verse is um, complete mature a finished work walk before me and be that finished work and i will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly and abram then abram fell on his face and god talked with him um as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. The weaving in of the righteousness and the character and the integrity that God was weaving into Abram was a completed work, so to speak, by Genesis chapter 17, 
Again, he made mistakes, Genesis chapter 16, but it was part of the process of God weaving into him and saying, okay, now by the time you get to Genesis chapter 17, walk before me and be complete, be mature, be a finished product. And so much so that he cha- God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. He gives him a new name because the work has been completed in him. He has changed him and interwoven his righteousness into him. The idea that 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 uh, when in Genesis 15, it says that Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord accounted it to him for righteousness um, does not mean that Abraham was in a perfect right standing with the Lord. It meant that the Lord accounted it to him. He was going to, going to weave it into his character, his nature, this right standing, this right living, this right relationship in his very nature, in his very core, so much so that by the time you get to Genesis chapter 17, and he says, walk before me and be complete, be the completion, be in the perfected state, the completed mature state of what I began in you in Genesis chapter 15. Now you see in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord starts this process. In Genesis chapter 15, he's, he begins He begins to take that from situational circumstances because in Genesis chapter 12, he's taken him to a new land. In Genesis chapter 13, he shows him the land. In Genesis chapter 15, he then starts an internal working on him. He begins to start an internal process in him. I'm going somewhere and I've only got like three minutes left. Bear with me here. And then in Genesis chapter 17, the internal process is finished so much so that the circumstances, the situation of where Abram is and the internal part of process of where Abram is comes together to, that the, he then produces the offspring by which uh, through that offspring becomes starts the process of Abram living out the, the, the promise of what, gen, of what God gave him in Genesis chapter 12 of saying, I will make you a blessing to many nations. Folks, if that doesn't show or or exemplify what ought to happen in our lives, Genesis chapter 12, God calls him out of where he is. In our lives, God calls us from where we are. God loves us as we are, but loves us too much to leave us as we are. He calls us out of our state of sin, out of our state of selfishness, out of our lifestyles or whatever it may be. He calls us out of that and says, okay, I'm going to show you a new life. I'm going to show it to you. And I'm going to put in that. Uh, You just follow me for a while. I'm going to put in you a new life. I'm going to show you a new life. So then he gets to a place where he starts saying, look up. After after you start getting into a good Bible-believing church and getting some teaching into you, look up. I'm showing you the new life. Now go explore it. See what it's like. See what I've got before you. See the life I've laid out for you. And and so you begin to see that. And so you begin to get into a relationship with the Lord and, and in your salvation. But then in Genesis chapter 15, you take it to the next level and he begins to weave into your character. This is the process of sanctification. He begins to weave into your character righteousness and right standing and a new way of thinking and a new and and new desires for your heart. Right, right. That's what the verse says. Trust in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And what that is, is it doesn't give you what you want. He 
gives you the want. He gives you the desires. He changes that. He starts to change you on the inside and, and weave into you something different and something and, and something better and, and a new way of living and a new standard of living and a new way of thinking and new desires of your heart. And he starts changing you from the inside out and doing a whole lot and, and changing everything about you. And to the extent that eventually in Genesis chapter 17, he says, walk before me and be blameless. There is a state. Listen, I'm not saying that we can live free from sin forever. But we can live in a state that we are in such a relationship with the Lord that we are maturing and become mature and, we, and we've and we learned and we've grown. And, and Lord knows, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but there is an aim. There is a finished work. The, Paul said, he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And that's what we're seeing here in Genesis chapter 17. In Genesis 15, he started the work. In Genesis 17, he's saying, I am completing the work. Walk before me and be perfect or be blameless. Be mature. Be complete. And so I just want to use this today to tell you, if you have something in your life that is that you feel like is in, incomplete, that you have areas of your life that you're not fully mature in, you, you don't react to your spouse always in a mature way, right? Or you don't act to your react to your kids always in a mature way, or you don't react to struggles or trials or, or temptations always in a mature way. You just hold on. God is weaving into your character. Trust in him. Set yourself in his arms like a child being carried by a mother. Set yourself in his arms and let him weave into your character righteousness and 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 faithfulness and 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 goodness and love and hope and faith and joy. Let him weave that into your character and trust and obey the process, knowing that God is going to take you to a state of completion. He who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Shoo, I could preach on that. So just know, just know, you trust in him. And God is faithful to change. If you've got an area of your life you're struggling in, God will change it. God will change it. God will change your heart and your mind. You hold on. You just keep trusting in him. Listen, I'm out of time. I love you. Reach out to me. Pastor Mac, P-A-S-T-O-R-M-A-C-K-7-1 at gmail.com. Tell someone about the podcast. I love you, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.